Welcome to Real Dog Talk with Perfectly Imperfect Pups. Real dogs, real people with real talk. Uh, Today we are still brought to you by Love is Art. It is like three and a half weeks to go when we are just like in the throes of that, all of that last minute stuff and we are so excited. It's like one of my favorite events that we do and it's just a great evening with great people. So if you're in the local area, uh, go ahead and and get your tickets. Um, Today I'm drinking water. I know, boring, but you know, you got to get your liquid in and it's still early and it's just, if I start drinking wine today, tonight's going to be just shit. So, uh, today I've got Shane. Hey, Shane. Hey, how you doing? Good. And Shane is with, with, with Sally said so, and he's been on with us a couple of times now and we just Mm -hmm. love it when you can join us. So thank you. It's my pleasure. I love being a part of the program. So, um, I, uh, today's topic, and you and I have discussed this many, many times, um, is littermate syndrome. So, um, and I think we're both pretty passionate about it. So let's, um, start with you explaining what littermate syndrome is. So littermate syndrome is a weird phenomenon (laughs) (laughs) and and there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack about this subject, but we'll, we'll keep it concise today. Right. But um, you know, when when dogs are from the same litter and raised together, whether it's breeder, whether it's a rescue scenario, one dog tends to excel and one tends to lag in developmental abilities right uh along with that includes their socialization their ability to function uh around others um but it also goes it goes a little bit deeper than that too because they can build unhealthy attachments to each other right which limits their social ability to humans and that can lead down the path of reactivity um you know fear-based aggression those types of things uh, not necessarily that they're aggressive because of this, but they're scared of the world so that they're, you know, basically their only defense is, hey, I'm going to make myself look all big and bad until I figure out if you're okay or not. Right. Because I always tell people that bonding is a big part of training. And so if you sure. have two of them that have bonded with each other, it makes it a lot harder to bond. Right. I mean, and it also just... that bond, yeah, that bond to each other can also lead to separation anxiety issues. Yes. Uh, you know, and, uh, and the training process is very difficult. It can be very difficult. It's very frustrating for the owners. Um, and here's the, here's where it gets really weird. So amongst like veterinary behaviorists and things, this is not considered a quote unquote syndrome. It is most likely. And again, this is just, everybody's got an opinion and this is a very opinion based, um, right. Phenomenon. And it does, but it is real. It does happen. The reason it happens is the one that's up for debate. Uh, from the veterinarian behaviorist side of the world, this is the inability of owners to be able to properly give two dogs simultaneously the amount of attention and um, time that they need to be independent and and confident in themselves. Okay. That is one of the theories that are out there. I can tell you personally from a from active training standpoint, you know, it is difficult whether you have two or not, whether they're related or not. When they're related, it's more difficult. I think there is something to it. Right. To me. 
I mean, I think like the average person has trouble as it is carving time out to do training. And now right. you've just added this. And I think people think that oh, it's just training times two and it's really not. It's like training no. times 12,000. Of course, of course. There are ways to make it functional, but I, I can tell you, you know, when it comes to like how this happens, a lot of times when this particular um, scenario presents itself is when people go to breeders or to come to rescues and shelters and, and go, oh, well, we've got to take his brother. We've got to take his sister. You know? <laughs> right. Don't and be so sad if we separate exactly, them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Little do they know that at a certain age, dogs don't know that they're related. Right. <laughs> it's just another dog. Right. Um, so now responsible rescues like yourself and responsible breeders will generally not allow Correct. siblings to go out together. Yeah, we don't do it. People yeah, yeah. That's always why, ask. That's why we love you. Ah, thank you. We love you too. Uh, we out people. We get asked all the time, and and it's always yeah. that. Oh my gosh, they'll they'll miss each other, or you know they they're so great together. And I'm like, sure, mm -hmm. they're great together now because they're eight weeks old. Exactly. Yeah. When they hit that six to nine month mark, man, it, that that's when you're gonna see the uh oh, what yep. did I do? <laughs> you know, start to show up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that you know. I think people in their brains thinks it's going to be easier because they're going to keep each other company. And, and and granted, I like dogs and I like to have mo more than one dog because I do think that they help one another. But I would yeah. never get two from the same litter um, right. or at the same time because that's like a training nightmare for me. Like I can't I wouldn't even yeah. comprehend it. Well, it's also well, you know. It's the, it's the people, it's the way that we perceive things. It's, we, we have this, you know, our perception of family is not the dog's perception, you know, right. and, and for, for the human to go in and go, well, we want to keep the family together. If these were adopted children that were siblings, it works. Right. Uh, but They're these not. aren't kids. Nope. Sure is not. Furthest thing from it. Furthest <laughs> thing from it. Yes. Um, now for, for, for people out there that are in this situation, I don't want them to feel completely helpless. There are some workarounds. They're difficult. And, right. And it takes time. But the main thing is you got to separate them. Yes. 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 You yes. Know, even in the home. I mean, it's crate and rotate for a while. It doesn't mean that one is going to get more attention than the other. It just means they can't get it at the same time. Right. You have to build these dogs up independently. Right. And have independent confidence, independent obedience. And then you can bring them together. And it's not like, uh, you know, if, if somebody was in this situation that's listening to this podcast, if you're in this situation, it doesn't mean that they can never see each other 24-7. It means that they can't spend the majority of their time together. Right. Which is right, one of the reasons why most people get to, because they're going to keep each other company. And in exactly. reality, if you want to make this work, you're going to be separating them. Yes. Yes. One, you know, they can have some playtime outside in the backyard, what have you, but the majority of the time that needs to be spent with those dogs is going to be individual. So I usually um, tell people that they have to carve out, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, they have to carve out training time for each one individually and then some mm -hmm. training time for them together as well, as well as, you know, that crate and rotate, keeping them separated, not letting them sleep in the same crate together, all of that. Right. Yeah, that's 100%. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got to have some time. Some time together is healthy. Right. Um, Too much time together. No bueno. Right. And I mean, in all reality, I mean, any dog that's bonded um, too closely to only one thing, you know, could have some issues. But the, the litter mate thing really amplifies the the complexity of the situation for sure. So spending time separated, most of their time separated, some play time, yes. but uh, training separate, maybe some training together. And yes. how long do you... But I, I do it like 70-30. 70-30. Apart. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> how long would you tell this is the average person that this would this is their life for? Like six months, nine months, a year? Every for- bit of six to nine on the average. Yep. And that's and that's with diligence. You know, that could be a year if you're kind of lax and kind of on it, then off it, and then on it, and then off it. You know, training in the best case scenario is a lifetime commitment to the dog, anyways. Um, getting past these kind of speed bumps uh, with litter mates, you know, I would definitely commit to six to nine months, possibly more. Um, you know, before I would uh, say that the problems with litter mate syndrome not to be problems right okay that's a good time frame for people to understand and what we tell people is like we understand that you want that companionship for your dog and and i think that's it is important to have them socialized with other dogs and stuff like that properly so we always suggest you know play times with friends that have dogs that you know are good behavior because we don't want our puppies picking up bad behaviors um And um, just, you know, again, bringing them out in the world, making it a very positive, and that way they can have those interactions with other dogs without causing this littermate syndrome. Right. And, and so, but let me, let me touch on one thing with the, the, the term socialization. I know, we always use that term very differently, <laughs> and we always have this conversation, yes. but please go ahead and please do it, because I think everybody needs to hear it. I think we just use it very differently. We, I think we're both thinking of the same thing, but we use the term differently. But go for yes, it. Yes, we are absolutely thinking the same way. <laughs> the, the terminology, though, is very different. Yes. What you're actually talking about is desensitization, not socialization. Okay. Socialization for a dog is defined by being completely indifferent. Like, uh, like when I take my dog, my, I'm in the middle of training uh, my own service dog now. He's 17 weeks and, and adorable like, uh, yeah that he is <laughs> <laughs> a thousand dogs can walk by and he'll he'll look over there and like okay hey there's a dog there's a dog no big deal there's a dog there's a dog but it's it's not because he's socialized he's desensitized right. so that his social interactions with dogs are healthy ones when allowed right so if you try to socialize a dog that has not been desensitized then you could sometimes there's lots of variables here so don't take this for you know concrete right uh there you could create a scenario where the dog builds a negative association with socializing with other dogs because of uh, maybe it was too soon could have been too stressful maybe it was the wrong pairing of dogs um so be just be careful with that i if i were working in that scenario I would 100% be around dogs as much as possible that are safe to be around right. due to vaccinations and all of those things we discussed. But with the intentions of not interacting with them, 
keep the keep the focus on you. Like when I'm working with like today, we were at the veterinarian's office this morning. You know, dogs are walking in and out, in and out, in and out. And I've got him in a sit and a stay and looking at me, you know, making eye contact with me. So there's dogs everywhere. But I'm the focus. Now, right. if I were to let him go play with those dogs, it would be less stimulating than, oh, my God, there's a new dog. Ah, you know. Right. Yeah. So just different. There is a difference between desensitization and socialization. Yes. Thank you. I know. I, 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 it's, it's the, the word in that it's just been like in my vocabulary for so long. So that's just how I use it. But yes, you are. Well, the, the, but the thing is, even though it's the terminology might be wrong, the way you go about it is correct. Right. Yeah. Thank you. So I you're doing that. it right. You're just <laughs> calling it wrong. Right. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so then we, we always like if, People are determined to have that second dog. Like this is their first mm. dog. They're determined to have a second dog. We always recommend like six to nine months between adoptions, depending on yes. how training and, you know, um, everything is going with that dog. You know, obviously if you're hitting that nine months is always like mm, iffy anyway, but if, if they're speeding past this and this is like, they're really in a good space, then that's a good time to bring in another dog. If they, if that's what they choose to do. Yeah, that can again. That's one of those things. I, I do agree, and I, but I would also say that in that particular scenario, if they're not litter mates, it it is easier to go through the the suck of having a puppy. Or you know, I mean, it does suck. Yeah, I, don't, I, right. I love it. I still have one. Yeah, but I knew it was going to suck for a minute. Right. You know? Right. It's just the the sleepless nights and the, all that stuff and the potty training and the you know all the fun stuff. Um, yeah, if the litter mate thing is not present then adopting you know two dogs together and going through all the bad stuff once at the same time is less detrimental to their behavior overall than if they were litter mates interesting so we um yeah. we still don't let people adopt two dogs even if they're not litter mates unless yeah, there's no, a- no, I, I'm- fine with that yeah unless there's a reason for it um because i've always just assumed that um that bonding with each other would still happen you're saying that probably not or maybe not well the the if you take the litter mate thing out of the equation i've seen it be a lot more successful than with it okay we'll just we'll just put it that way but i don't disagree any by any means right uh waiting right uh either i mean i think it really depends on who is adopting the dogs. If, if they are, you know, there, there are people that say they're dedicated and there's people that act dedicated right. to their dog's behavioral wellness. And if they're, if they're really educated and they've taken the time to learn as much as they can about the, uh, about dogs in general, um, some people can do it. Some people can't. It's yeah. like when people call us for training, they're like, are you guys going to come every week? I'm like, no way you couldn't. <laughs> there's, there's zero chance you could you or your dog could learn enough in a week to be ready for the next thing to be successful. You know, right. so normally we're like ten days to three weeks in between appointments in most cases. Uh, so they have time. Sure. You know, but there are those special ones that come along that knock it out of the park and they're like they're a weekend and they're ready for lesson two. Right. That's a, that's a real type A personality. So there, I think there are people that could handle it uh, and be successful with it, but the majority is probably going to benefit from that six to nine month rule for sure. Perfect. Um, anything else that we need to touch on on littermate syndrome or adopting more than one dog? No, I think this is, this one's a pretty cut and dry case here. Yeah, it really um, is. It is, Just it don't is do a it. thing. 
Yeah, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> we could have just don't ended our podcast like that. Like, just don't do it. Just yep. don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to vote no. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, on a side note, you are one of our sponsors at love is art. I know. I can't wait. I'm bringing my management staff with me. We're going to make it a special night out for the company as well as supporting your causes. And, uh, we are just absolutely thrilled to be involved and, uh, so proud to be, uh, a sponsor. Uh, well, we are so happy that you're coming and that you're a sponsor. It's just, um, you know, it's just such a great night. And I think part of it is that I feel like we have attracted some really fabulous people in our world and they come out and support us. So you're mingling with some fantastic people. So mm-hmm. I just, it's such a great vibe. Um, and we've got some great entertainment tonight. We've been working on the food. So it's just, I just love it. I mean, I might be a little biased because, you know, it's my rescue. But. Um, no, no, no. Well, let me tell you something about your rescue. Okay. From, from, I, from my standpoint. All right. We, over the last 14 years, we've worked with hundreds of rescues you guys and two others that we work with out of those hundreds do it correctly oh thank you yeah and and it's not just what you do with the rescue it's what you do for the people that support you it is i can't even begin to tell you if i added up the amount of free training (laughs) hang on man lenny (laughs) perfect timing right (laughs) here of course yep um if i could add it up the Every free anything that we've done for um, rescues and, and things like that for free training and added it up, it would be tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, because you guys are we wonderful don't do about supporting. Well, we don't do it for the for the pat on the back. We do it because it's our way of giving back and, and helping. And if we can help people foster faster, we keep more dogs out of your rescue. We keep more dogs out of those shelters and more in the home where they belong. And, but when we do do those things, you know, the support that you return to us in helping get our names out there and, and promoting us through your rescue and encouraging your clients to come here for training, uh, is invaluable. And, uh, unfortunately there are very few that understand that relationship and do it as well as you guys do. So just big, big two hands, high five in the air. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for those words. It's really great to hear. We try, uh, you know, we came into PIPS with, you know, very clear cut how we wanted to treat people who supported us and the community. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I feel like if you, you know, send it out, you're getting it back in. So, um, we're on the same vibe. We're not giving as good as we're getting. The world ain't right. Right. Exactly. Well, we're going to end on those really happy notes and I'm going to, I'm going to smile all night for the good compliments. So thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, And remember what is, well, how are we going to end it? Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't (laughs) do it. I mean, I think that's going to be the title of my podcast. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Well, you have a good night, and I really appreciate you tonight. My pleasure. We'll see you soon.